You're listening to the Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer and Mark Alderman. Mark, good afternoon. August 11th, Tuesday, we're here. It's just you and me today. It's back to the beginning. Yeah, the original two. The original two, minus Blake, of course, who we would I guess he was welcome. part of the original three. It's yeah, like we it was the original welcome. three. Yeah. But Jim, um, Jim's golfing today. Uh, as is, I'm sure, the, the fake president. So they have that in common. So Jim has left us to our to our own devices, which means it's all fair game, Mark. I think Jim knew he's not dumb, although some of the stuff he says is. But I think he knew that we let him run a little too wild last time and that there was a reckoning coming. Yeah, so and, he had to and, hide. <laughs> right. He opted for 18 holes in, instead of facing the music here. Yeah. So, look, I mean, it's an interesting week. We've got a staring contest in Washington legislatively. We've got a vice presidential announcement coming. Any day now. We've got these executive orders that Trump has handed down as his replacement for his fake replacement for, right. for a his lack of legislation. For governing. Um, they're, they're unconstitutional. If, and and frankly, pretty ineffective all at the same time. Right. It's um, a stunt. They are almost certainly unlawful. There's sort of a competition to see which is the most unconstitutional. And they are empty. So the people who are suffering uh, are having a bad week because the right. president did nothing for them. And frankly, Congress did less. It, it 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 comes back to that, like we've been saying for 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 six months or whatever it's been. Um, it all it comes back to the state of the world and the state of the country, more specifically, and and the virus. And it's just it's striking to see the U.S. with five times the number of cases per capita than Canada, for example. It's striking to see the U.S. have a quarter of the world deaths approximately from, from the virus. It's just, it's striking, it's sad, it's distressing. And we're going the wrong way. I don't mean to uh, be all gloom and doom here out of the box, but we are clearly going the wrong way with the virus and and with just about everything else. But the good news, Howard, is don't despair because your entertainment slate is set for the next two weeks. We have yeah. the conventions. The so-called conventions. <laughs> we have two fake conventions to uh, go along with everything else fake, the Democrats I'm a little unclear about what it is we've even scheduled. I know we have Monday and Tuesday nights. I saw yeah. the, the speaker slates. Mark, do you think it's possible for us to sneak into parties we're not invited to virtually? <laughs> I, think, I think it's simple, frankly. That, that's what yeah. Mark and I do for our for our avid listening yeah. audience when we go to real conventions is we get invited to a ton of parties. Right. And inevitably, there are some we don't get invited to. And our fun is to 
make our way into into those that we ha- do not have invitations to. It's, it's all all about the credentials. It's we've been the, fairly successful. Yeah, well, no reason to stop now. I got invited to a uh, convention party this Saturday, which uh, I'm happy to let you crash. It's a cannabis industry uh, event. It would be much more fun, that one in particular, in person. But uh, we have some good entertainment lined up. It, it, it's just all strange. The conventions are going to be extremely strange. Yeah, they're not I, conventions. No, there, there has uh, traditionally been a post-convention bump. Hillary got it. Trump even got it, even though that convention, which you and I attended, uh, <laughs> was a mess like everything else he touches. But he got a bump coming out of there. She got a decent bump because it was a good convention. I don't think, I don't think these conventions are going to produce a bump. I don't think the vice presidential nomination is going to produce a bump. I don't think the executive orders are going to produce a bump. I think we are looking at very little between now and when the voting starts, which is soon, as we know, a month and change, very little. It's going to change the dynamics of this race until the debates. We have the three debates, September 29, October 15th, and I forget, frankly, the last one. There will be a vice presidential debate. What what? else that is within the control of either candidate, Howard, could change the trajectory or the dynamic. God knows events could. They could and will, could and will. But what can either candidate do to change the trajectory of this race except fall down at the debate or or stand tall? Um, I mean, I... get sick sadly sadly yep. i mean yep. there's a there's there's a real risk i mean maybe you call that an event but that in the event category as opposed yeah, to from a look from a policy point of view hopefully i don't know does biden run to the center or does he does he kind of stay where he's been like traditionally you would see a, a democrat Pivot more toward the middle. Pivot. That's my favorite word, Mark. Um, yeah, you're still for, waiting for that Trump pivot. Right. Um, we're still it, waiting, by the way, for the Schultz pivot, but we haven't seen that either. No. Um, he just, just to take another he, shot at Jim in absentia. Well, he here. has to stop yelling in order to pivot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, do you think Biden goes to the middle? Because it seems to me. He he can. I think he should. But what do you think? I mean, you're I more. I think he has. The, I'm, I'm, in Jim's absence, I'm going to have to uh, pick a, a little fight here with you. You and, and Jim love to tell me that AOC is in charge of energy policy and whomever else and whatever else. I have uh, actually read the Biden 
policy on energy, actually read the Biden The policy. first page or, or the 30-pager? Well, the first and the last. And, okay, yeah, just and for clarity. I turned pages in between virtually, digitally, but he's in the center. He he has he has not gone hard left as uh, he as some people wanted him to do, as some people think put an AOC on a task force did. I think he's in the center, Howard. But but I think also something more fundamental. It's a fair question, but but I think it's a secondary question. Respectfully, I I think that. This is an election, a choice. It's not a referendum on one man. It is a choice between two men. But it is a choice between these two men. And the only question is who's gonna who's better able to get us out of this hole that we're in? Not who went left, who went right, who picked this woman or that uh candidate. Uh. I I think we are in a crisis. The crisis is most centrally the virus. It's secondarily, although a close second, an economic crisis brought on by the public health crisis. And just about everything else is broken too. And I think people are going to be looking for the guy they think can get them out of this. Look, the one point that I think Jim made last week that I agreed with is that um, the economy was in a good place before this. And, and I think, I mean, I, I don't think that gets him reelected, but I think some of the deregulation, some of the deregulation, some of the tax reform. I mean, I think there are some things that from an economic point of view, from a business point of view, are better for business in a Trump administration, in a Trump world than in a Biden world, in a democratic world. But from a, from an operational point of view, in terms of managing the crisis, I mean, we're not managing it now. So it's hard to argue from a public health point of view, it's hard to argue for Donald Trump. The Trump economy is the Peloponnesian Wars. It's ancient history. It's gone. The virus has destroyed it. Trump's management, mismanagement, negligent, bordering on criminal mismanagement of the crisis has destroyed the Trump economy, which was an extension of the Obama-Biden economy, as, as you know. But I just don't think the traditional, it's the economy, stupid, uh, is is any longer relevant in in this crisis people care you said it last week when we were talking people care about staying alive yeah people yeah. want their kids to go back to school you no, want in the first instance absolutely in the first instance absolutely that's what they care about i think in the second instance they care about the economy and their wallets and it's it's part of the reason I asked my question about Biden, whether he goes to the middle, because I think, you know, if he comes in and he takes, I'm going to say it, an AOC view of the world, and on day one, he signs 
50 executive orders that hurt business and engages in all this re-regulatory activity. I think it's going to spook the markets. I think it's going to spook business. And I think it's going to hurt our ability to come back. So I would love to hear him say, look, our first priority is the public health emergency and, and getting out of that. And we're not going to do anything radical on, you know, this, that, and the other thing until we get, till we get that under control. I think if he were to come out and say something like that, it would help people who are in the proverbial middle um, come over to his side and 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 yeah. seal the deal. Well, a couple of, of things. Uh, I think he essentially has said that. He's not talking about the new New Deal. He's not even talking about the new Green Deal. He he's he's who he is. He is not Bernie Sanders. And he is not lining up executive orders for day one. He's certainly not going to campaign that way, whatever the secret intentions of the Biden brain trust may be. But that's not who these people are. You've known these people. I've known them a, a long time. And what, what's interesting is, you know, you get on my side of the aisle, you get as much criticism of Uncle Joe for not being the guy who's going to do that. As you hear on your side of things, uh, well, I hope he doesn't do that. I'm pretty sure he's not. And I think he's in exactly the right place. If some people are worried he's going to go too far and other people are worried he's not going to go far enough. But what he is going to do, and, and this to me, goes back to what I was saying before about who's going to get us out of this crisis. One guy has tried and failed, period. It's factual. It's unarguable. This is where we didn't take Jim to task seriously, harshly, hard as hard as we should have last week. You can say it isn't going to matter that he failed in fixing things, Trump that is, but you can't say that he didn't fail. Right. And and I Joe, thought we I thought we kneecapped him uh we reasonably had, well without starting to without starting the without taking the bait, Mark. But I agree. We you know we have those in our listening audience. I, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. otherwise. What one of the ironies of last week's podcast was that by uh I took the, the Biden basement approach. I just let Schultz rant figure and he'd do himself in. But at least we confirm that we have some listeners who really care about this. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, and, and frankly, they were right. I mean, it, it, it's defending the indefensible. There's no defending. There's no defending where we are. There's no defending it. We're all stuck in our houses. We're all afraid of getting sick. People are you know, looking, people are out of work. They have no money. It's not you and me because we're lucky and we're that's not lost ones. on us. Right. But people are hurting big time. And, and the, you know, Jim's whole, who do you know that's gotten sick? I mean, that's, that's a bunch of hocus pocus. 
and it's not well it's very revealing i feel bad doing this behind his back but but we are we offer on a podcast that's not behind his back (laughs) but i it is very symptomatic of the trump view which is it's all about what's in it for me if i'm not sick and my kids are going to school then uh, too bad that uh, 160,000 Americans have died, 5 million are infected, 20 million are unemployed. It, that ain't me. And that's the, that's the Trump view. That's how he's lived. It's, it's how he is governing. I, I'm going back to something that I've been saying every single time we've talked about this. I stand by it. This, this is as certifiable a fact as you can find in in this election there are more people in this country who don't want trump to have another four years than there are people who do there are more people who want joe biden to be the president than want donald trump to be the president everybody knows donald trump knows jim schultz knows that Joe Biden is going to win the popular vote by millions and millions of votes, six, seven, eight, maybe more million votes. And it's all about who shows up to vote in six states, not even about who they vote for. It's about who shows up to vote, which brings us to the post office. Yeah, but wait, but, but, but wait a second, because yes, that's what the polling shows, but I don't think it's really, and and the election will be decided on that basis, but I would trade if Trump, I know you're not going to agree with me, but if he'd been able to navigate us, if his administration had been able to navigate us through this crisis successfully and effectively, you know, I mean, there's a lot I don't like about him um, very much, but But he didn't. And it's not about whether, in my mind, it's not about, well, there are more people who want Joe Biden to be president than Donald Trump. It's about, is the country, like, where's the country? We're in a terrible place. And, you know, whoever... Agree and and disagree. Obviously, I did. There is no set of circumstances under which I would vote for Donald Trump, none zero. And I'm not alone in that. But we don't have to argue about what the election would look like if the country looked like Italy or France. Yeah, it's it does. My point is, it's not all about the election. It's about moving the country forward. Well, and he, my point is that the election is all about moving the country forward. I'm saying the reason there are many millions more voters who aren't going to vote for Donald Trump than are. The reason is, look where we are. I'm, I'm not looking for common ground with somebody who just said they would consider voting for Donald Trump, frankly. But, but I am saying it's about, right, it's about the virus. It's about where we are. And back to what we were saying, or I anyway was a minute ago, look. I, I wasn't saying I would vote for Donald Trump. What I was saying is many if, more- I could, if I could unwind, if I could rewind the clock, and trade 150,000 people dying for another four years of Trump. I I do that deal every day of the week, but we can't. We can't. And we are where we are. And um, 
he screwed it up and that's the bottom line he's busy trying to get his face on on mount rushmore which is the dumbest thing i've <laughs> i've i've heard maybe in in the last four years um have you ever been to mount rushmore by the way i have yeah what wasn't it uh, this is going to sound uh unpatriotic but i found it underwhelming i thought it was bigger than it was <laughs> i found I mean, it it's it's kind of cool. Very, oh, it's very cool. It's very cool. And it was very cool with Cary Grant running all over it in that Alfred Hitchcock movie, North by Northwest. But I, I thought it was bigger than it was. But but getting your face on Mount Rushmore is not the priority in a pandemic. I mean, it's warped. It's just, it's warped. It's sick. It's warped. And I find it... I find it, I know this is a little bit of a digression, Mark, but you know, I struggle with this every day because I, we work with people in this administration that are good people, that are thoughtful, um, that come from Capitol Hill, come from other places that listen and, and are thoughtful. Um, it's just, it's just hard to square it all. And it all, you know, the buck stops where the buck stops and, He's just not doing well. And as I was saying earlier, uh, events are going to happen apart from uh, the best laid plans of both campaigns. And and events could drive this thing hard one way or another. But the dynamic right now, just this is far from complacent. I keep saying that we Democrats live with PTSD and in nightly terror of a uh, an electoral college repeat but but right now the dynamic of this race is that one guy's winning and one guy's losing and the guy who's winning is about to pick a running mate i think that i go with the conventional wisdom i think he'll pick kamala harris i am personally okay with that. I'm hardly excited. I don't think she's going to light the campaign on fire either way. She's not going to burn it down and she's not going to fire up the troops. But but I think we'll see that uh, that pick in, in the next day or two. And I just don't see that changing the fundamental dynamic of the race either. No. I I don't think he wants to pick her. No, I don't think he wants to pick her. I don't think he, I don't think she was his first choice going into, uh, into this selection process. Well, this is a test because leadership is about making unpopular decisions. And, you know, I would take a little bit of issue with what you said a minute ago, that one guy's losing and one guy's winning. I just think right now one guy's losing. I mean, and that's the strategy is to let Trump lose. It's to win by losing. Um, and and I don't see what Kamala does to advance his campaign. I don't even think that she is, and I'm, I have limited qualifications to say this, but because of her record on criminal justice, I don't think that she's as compelling a figure as far as bringing out the African-American vote as 
others under consideration might be. Um, and, and as Barack Obama was, I, 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 look, she's a substantial person and a, and a good order, but she run, she ran a dysfunctional and poor, very poor presidential campaign. She fizzled out first when she came out of the gate strongest, she doesn't necessarily help with the key constituency. He seems to want to address, um, personally, I'd go for the Michigan pick and, and, and pick a Midwestern governor. Um, but you know, he's, he's going to make his choice, but, but we'll see. I, I mean, I don't know. He's not going to do himself any favors by picking somebody that he doesn't want in the job, but that's going to take some guts. It's a test. Well, he's not going to pick somebody he doesn't want in the job. Saying that Kamala wasn't his first choice is different than saying that he doesn't want to pick her at all. I think we'll see who he picks. I think uh, the Governor Whitmer pick is intriguing, but probably not where this is coming out it's probably not the moment where where she ends up on the ticket and i i just disagree that uh that one guy's losing and the other guy isn't winning that if all of this is is between the two of them it's a push pull and some people are against one and some people are for the other and Everything is about about the choice. So I just think it's unfair. I disagree. I think it's unfair to say that the Biden campaign isn't winning. I think they've done everything right since the miraculous, the miraculous recovery for a campaign that did everything wrong until all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> miraculously, Joe Biden was the nominee. I think they have rebuilt, regrouped. I think they've hit reset, done everything right. You know I what think, I mean, though. Well, I, it's a push pull. I'm not like, saying, I'm not, I mean, you can't, by definition, I'm, you can't be winning unless the other guy's losing. I'm playing semantics, but that's the strategy. And, it's my strategy for yeah, fine. I mean, president, do no harm. Yeah, no I hear you. Errors. But look yeah. back to Kamala. You and I have been in the room with her. We've been in rooms with her a number of times. What do you like? What do you think of her? I, I think mean, a substantial uh, woman who will conduct herself uh, responsibly and and enthusiastically as a candidate i can't really assess her her qualifications to be president of the united states as opposed to gretchen whitmer or any of the other choices none of them have ever been where joe biden has been which is for eight years in in the uh, vice presidency but she Yes, her presidential campaign failed, obviously. Yeah. But by the way, there's a tremendous value in having run and and lost yeah. because you've at least been vetted, you've at least been tested. And I think she is going to do very, very well between her selection and election day, if in fact, uh, and I think she will be, if 
if she's the choice. I for sure think she can debate Mike Pence, for example. Yeah, for sure. She isn't going to pull uh, a Sarah Palin, but she's 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 look being extremely political in a political job is not necessarily a bad thing, but she is she is extremely <laughs> finger to the wind um, political. So she's yeah. She yeah. is not shy about throwing people under the bus uh, for her own gain, which is, again, like that's what politics is a contact sport. That's part of the job description. I ob- observed a lot of people over the last 25 years in this town, and she's 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 extremely political, but she's also credible and very smart and she knows how to she knows um how to take advantage of a moment. You know, we'll see. Um I don't think anybody's really ready to be president until they're president and and she's probably as qualified as the no, as the next person. She's as qualified as the others on on this list. I think you know, I think Biden's strategy of picking a woman was smart. I think his tactic of announcing it was bad. That yeah. was bad. Although we got to remember, he did announce it when nobody thought he was going to be the nominee anyway. Did he? Okay, it, I lost track of the Bernie, timing. Yeah, I think Bernie. It was Bernie was still alive. It may have been trending Biden, but it was for okay. sure. It was pre South Carolina. Well, it was dumb because he hemmed himself in, <laughs> and you know, I, I yeah, I think it was foolish, but. We are where we are. He's picking a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to go all right. I, it's it, it's what I started out saying. Everybody's on a screen. I'm looking at you on a screen here. When we're done, I'm going to look at somebody else on a screen. And so are you. And the, the conventions, such as they are, are on a screen. It, we are locked down and locked in. And we are 84 days from November 3. I still think maybe we'll do it next time when Jim's here to defend himself. I think among the most nefarious and just flat out corrupt aspects of this is Trump's effort to defund and destabilize the post office in the middle of a pandemic when mail-in ballots are going to be the way to keep voters safe. But that that's for another time. That's for another time when, when Jim's here to explain uh, that one away. Well, I look forward to that. Uh, we still have a takedown to, of our own to do, Mark. We, we kind of began it today. Um, right. But to be continued. To be um, continued. We have a, a Saturday session, right? I believe we do with uh, a special guest. Right, right. So right. Um, I believe Congressman Muser will be joining us. Yeah. Now our listening audience doesn't have to change its Saturday plans because. No, your Monday plans. Right. It will be available by Monday. Yeah. Good. So uh, looking well, forward to that and looking forward to, I guess we, you know, we'll, do you think we could do the takedown with the congressman on the podcast of, of Schultz? I may be, um, depends on the weather. I okay. May, I may Let's not see. be there Saturday. <laughs> I may see. pull a Schultz. I won't be playing golf, but I may pull a Schultz. All right. 
Good. All right. Well, thanks for listening and we will be back uh, next week. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.